I've I've just emerged. <laughs> just, emerged just emerged from the, the Netflix woods Ooh. of all the recommendations you sent me, bro. Thank you for helping me get Netflix through my jungle. quarantine. So so guys, we are in week something of the quarantine, week four. Mm-hmm. Uh mm-hmm. LA LA County just issued a stay-at-home order till May 15th. Word? Yeah, I just saw that okay. on on the the tweeter the tweeter oh, machine. Man, I'm trying to stay off Twitter, dude. That's Thank you. that is the best thing you could ever do. I so I deleted the app and then I added, <laughs> and then but but I check it in the Chrome app so it doesn't stop stopping <sighs> me. It's just less convenient, and but it hasn't it hasn't really stopped me. So I tried that. But anyway, look guys, away for a day. Anyway, this is this is an intro. It's just me and Drew. We're just hanging out. Yeah, uh, just, you're gonna hear about uh, our recent setup. We we were talking about college auditions, but auditions. but we really dive into the process. This is a deep dive. It's not just in passing about uh, what are we talking about, Drew? Uh, trial lessons, uh, the audition preparation process. Uh, as well as trying to discern is going into being a music education major better than going to a music performance major. I think that's like a real contentious conflict that seems to happen in a lot of liberal arts institutions. And for those who are not going to music school and have already done it or have no interest in music whatsoever, uh, we love you too. Thanks for joining us. We, <laughs> uh, all of these, all of the things we talk about can be applied anywhere. So it's not too in the weeds, even though there are specifics. And we're just talking about the journey that got us to where we are and where we want to be and what to do about it. And we, we issue a challenge at the end. One thing we'd like you to do is we, we want to hear, we want to hear from you more. Uh, it's always us talking to you. Uh, duh, that's how podcasts work. But we we want to hear you. And if you want to send us audio, that's great. Um, reach out to us, fakingnotespodcast at gmail.com. At gmail.com. At yeah. gmail.com. Fakingnotespodcast at gmail.com. And if you don't you know, like the sound of your voice, you can always send us an email question. Uh, it's a great way for us to aggregate it. Because if I get, Trevor gets questions, I get questions individually, but it's hard to aggregate what people are asking for the podcast. So I'm taking stuff from my DMs, but I would love to know if you as a listener uh, would love to have yourself, your questions answered on air. We're taking you out of Drew's DMs and into the podcast. So Mm. our our first uh, query was our real male question that we want everyone mm. to submit is yeah what's what's an activity that you do that is helping you get through this quarantine uh that is something you should be doing but you really would rather not do and what do and and one thing that we want to encourage is you know healthy habits and growth here at the faking notes podcast uh, so we want you or at least we would love to hear from you what is something you should be doing and what is a reward that you love to do, maybe a guilty pleasure, that you can pair with that thing that you don't want to do and use it as a reward? And tell us about it. We would love to hear how you guys are out there surviving and improving as human beings. Because apparently, every 10 years you get a new skeleton, right, Trevor? Totally, bro. All right, tune in more to find out about your skeleton in this episode of the... Faking Notes, Notes podcast. podcast. It's the Faking Thanks Notes for joining. podcast. Enjoy. Now, like, I bust it wide open for a real one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I just I split hey, let me it open. move you over here where I can see, I can see that beautiful face. Side hey, by side with our Dude, our don't, you're so kind, but my face is not beautiful right now. I have not shaved in, like, three weeks. Be beautiful. I, I went, <laughs> I went maybe two <laughs> and a half weeks. Because I didn't shave for a couple of days before leaving 
for the Denver quarantine, which which can God. only mean that it, it was rough. Yours looks last, good. Like if, even if bro. even if Drew, you could let it go. You could just you could bro. just decide like today's the day. I'm, today's I don't day, care I how I look. Go. This yeah, will never look good ever again. And you would still look fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Bro, I'm like this. I'm very much letting it go. And uh, the last <laughs> time <laughs> last time I got a cut was right before I was supposed to play with Roddy Rich mm-hmm. on the 14th. And it was like right after we had gone and met Ugh. with uh, Mel Roz. Oh at the, my at the God. spot. So I I went like a couple days later. And that was the last time I went. So much has happened. Oh man. Yeah, we were talking isn't, about doing a, a different world. Isn't that a <laughs> like that's that's my favorite part, is it hasn't really been that long. No. But I'm pretty sure we'll be able in your mind, this is definitely gonna be like a, a time marker, a timestamp of yeah. like, oh yeah, I used to do this before this. And then yeah, now yeah, yeah. I don't do this thing in anymore. I'm on dating apps and I'm asking girls, so what'd you do before COVID? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. if this was five weeks ago, how would you respond to this? <laughs> I know, right? Oh shoot! I I responded to this 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 lady, and or oh wait, mm-hmm. so I was wearing a white bow tie at one point and wearing a tux. A white huh? bow tie. I'm looking at like an old story highlight that somebody <laughs> responded to. I was like, I used to do stuff like that. What? I just been was I thinking. So w- welcome. Again, Welcome everybody to the Faking Notes podcast. The podcast. We, uh, we're gonna we we already entered this in for you, but we already entered it. Well, we are how how many? Yeah, we're, we're so many days into this thing. Um, I've moved. I'm no longer in a closet. I can tell. I, I'm in a basement. I'm in a lovely but you have basement. Syracuse behind. And you. that's you have my. Oh, that's my. Yeah, I had to. We have to talk about it. So one of the things we're gonna open up today uh, is to talk to those college future college applicants and maybe future uh if if colleges still exist in the next couple months uh we'll, we'll prep you for that too but yeah. so now i've moved into the basement this is very important you all know this i've moved in the basement i've got my my studio welcome to my studio we'll do it live i'm set up on a ping pong table oh nice and i've cycled through because i only packed for two weeks <laughs> uh, because the, I mean that's all we could fit in the car and we didn't yeah. know how long this was going to last yeah. so I've cycled through my clothes so many times already and I was finally like hey can I just borrow like a hoodie since everyone in this family has gone to Syracuse <laughs> I'm sitting here and y'all can't see this but on my camera so I'm wearing a Syracuse hoodie and behind me just I didn't intentionally do this perfectly positioned to where my computer is this camera points right at a Syracuse flag Hanging on the wall, so I am repping the paraphernalia. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna chug orange juice after this, and go uh, you know dunk. Um, I can dunk when I wear this hoodie. Can I be very honest? Let's hear it. Like brutally honest. I don't know if we, Trevor. We've been friends for uh, like really good friends for like uh, the better part of a year and a half now. Let's hear it. And. Uh, I'm not sure if you know this about me, but my favorite color is orange. It's orange. My favorite color. I did on not know that. Earth I mean, you've got you've orange. got the you got. Is that why you bought the gallon jug in orange? I knew he's pulling Bro, it up. He pulled it my, up. I knew that was coming. Dude, my my other laptop has an orange cover. Uh, my room is orange. Bro, dude, orange is my favorite color. 
But that Syracuse orange, orange that's my least, that's my <laughs> least favorite color of orange. That's my least favorite. It's the worst hue of orange imaginable. You know what? I'm, <clears throat> I actually, I'm gonna t- take your side on this. And that's not because <laughs> I'm in, that's not because they put me in the basement. JK, I actually, I love the basement. I, I'm down here Given by choice. Giving them all this um, Yeah. But be, because there's a very specific reason why this orange is pseudo triggers me, this particular, very particular shade and tint mm. is that I'm showing up perfect. Well, we'll be able to segue right into our college segment because I show up freshman year. I was living in um, a kind of a music, I want to say music dorm. It was a floor of one of your typical freshman dorms where they put all the younger people mm-hmm. and they had a specific music floor. And you kind of you you applied to it, and everyone on that floor, almost everyone, would be in music, which is nice. You get a little built-in community. I thought I thought it was a, a definitely a net positive to live amongst people with a similar schedule. No, it's huge. It's huge. Um, it's huge. Yeah, and so it really helped because you know everyone else, particularly uh, my school, UNC Greensboro, which has some great programs. It's very specific, but it's uh, I don't think anyone would claim that it's like the most academic school it's not even the most academic school in the unc system but just how it works is for the for the most part it's competing for the the top of the music categories and degrees and funding Mm -hmm. for the state and that's just by dollars it it gets a lot more money than other colleges and it produces a lot more music students and so i wind up there and i'm moving in i only live an hour and a half from Greensboro, from UNC Greensboro, where I did my undergrad. And so we're going to arrive early and move in. Haven't really met my roommate. And we arrive and he beat me to it, you know, so he gets to choose, he gets to choose the bed uh, and the side of that. And <laughs> that's, that's, but I'll never that, forget that's, that's the moment. That's a whole relationship. I know. It's, 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 tr- whoever gets the, be- choose the first I bed. I know. And it was, it was very important that I went in there and I staked my claim. But <laughs> I show up. And this guy, who's, who's still a friend, we still keep in touch after all these years. I walk in and I almost, almost like gasped and like threw up at the same time. He was already set up and everything in that room was orange. <laughs> this shade of orange. He was, he's from the, he was from the Northeast, huge Syracuse family. They love Uh-oh. Syracuse. And so every possession Uh-oh. was orange. The, the filter, orange. Socks, orange. Shoes, orange. Laptop cover, orange. Bed seats, orange. Orange, 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 orange. And we were kind of stunned. It's this is a joke because if it was, it's funny. <laughs> and <laughs> later on, throughout the course of it, he's a, he's a vocalist. You have to dress up for your lessons if you're a vocalist. You you put on the suit, the tie. You you spice it up. And at one point, they just made a rule. They're like, you cannot wear orange to your lessons anymore. His teachers were sick of it. Wow. <laughs> he was like, do not come in here with orange. So he wore orange socks. Uh, good friend, but... So I've been prepared. Whoa. I've been prepared for for this, my new found life of being surrounded by Syracuse people for a long time. This was a long time coming. It was only destiny. That, that, that hue of orange, though, man. Isn't it like both aggressive? It's like aggressive, but like in a not fun way it's not it's not our positive alpha attributes from the previous episode <laughs> no it's ab- absolutely the opposite it's kind of like uh 
I'm trying to think of a really good analogy for this. It's kind of like if you have a really cute dog that everybody wants to come pet, but then it's a biter. You know what I mean? It's like you're you're like super excited for the opportunity and then you holistically regret it for the rest of your life. I think that's what that orange is. At least that, to me. Beautiful music building. With yeah. the orange, like why did you set a like... I'm always curious, like, how do you fall into your set colors? Like, why orange? Because it's pretty specific. Like, you know, yeah, beyond a red, blue, black situation. Mm-hmm. Well, orange, why? Well, well, it kind of grew on me. Um, I think it, over the years, uh, in the way that I've kind of consumed the world visually, uh, mm-hmm. I was born in September. So I was born to leaves changing to orange hue. If you look at sunsets in autumn or in spring, they're much more orange. Like there's way much, there's so much more orange in the atmosphere for a longer amount of time. And so I think that maybe growing up and using my eyes for the first time and really drinking in my first few sunsets, I think orange kind of set a tone for me. And it it wasn't always my favorite color. I loved red and purple for a very long time. But then, you know, all of my greatest memories with my mom and with my family were like Halloween. Uh, you know, just I went to college and our school colors were orange, but it wasn't this this neon fluorescent look at me. You can probably pollinate, <laughs> pollinate me, Mr. B, uh-huh. kind of orange. It was more like a burnt sunset brownish uh, orange that I really do. I really do uh, associate with you know, calmness and, and and my favorite season of the year, which is autumn. That was such a beautiful answer. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I just wanted to get sincere for you. I man. didn't even like, want to like yeah. jump in and and, and, tell and, just, and say something really dumb about it. I was like, this is beautiful. Thank you, buddy. I there are very few moments in my life where I'm sincere. And uh I think that was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Chalk it up. We've we've got yeah, it. Yeah, it's yeah, on yeah. tape. A sincere so, moment. Now let's 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 use this this moment to bridge yeah. into the topic of the day. So right when we logged on, you had received a message uh, from a yeah. student asking kind of your, your standard questions about uh, audition prep, uh, getting into colleges, these types of things. And we we talked about in the last episode too. Is my thanks to you secret side hustle of getting people into Juilliard. And other Shh, institutions. If you keep talking about it, it's not going to be a secret anymore, Trevor. Yeah, but I do it. No one will know. So you have to hype it up. It's kind of like, <laughs> like I, I thought about. Wouldn't it be kind of funny? Because no one really proved. If you're just like, oh, I offer a very secret service of like teaching celebrities, even yeah. though it's total bogus. No celebrity mm-hmm. cares about me. But if you talk about <laughs> it and you're like, oh, it's very secret. Like no one will ever know. Yeah. Like, could you? Like, how do you get that first celebrity? It's exclusive. Yeah, bro. Um, I think. Uh, you just have to get a cameo from them. What you do mm. is you go on cameo, you pay them 50 or so bucks to then do a message saying whatever you want them to say. And so what's really cool is you can save these messages. And so what we could do is if we wanted to have like uh, a really famous person do our intro, we could like pay them on cameo, <laughs> like say, uh, Faking Us Podcast is my favorite podcast. We can uh, we can deep fake that. We could probably get, deep fake it. 
let's get uh, Tom Hanks. Just Tom Ooh, I love. You could deep fake Tom Hanks. It's like obvious. Hey, welcome to the Castaway Faking Nose Podcast. You know. <laughs> Wilson. <laughs> yeah, Wilson. I love these Trevor and Drew. <laughs> Tom Hanks is his, his healed uh, from his uh, COVID experience. Uh, shout out to Tom mm-hmm. Hanks, friend of the pod and uh, celebrity endorser of the pod. I heard he was running. Running. Janae. He was running, Janae. He just decided to, I don't want a COVID no more. I I'm just want to cut the... <laughs> Going I think I'm home. gonna go home now. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go. I'm pretty tired. I think I'm gonna go home now. <laughs> I'm surprised. Maybe it was because everyone on a daily basis was learning more and more about the chaos. Why there weren't just amazing Tom Hanks memes? I guess there's always yeah, that fear. So I know much, why. Yeah. Probably because there's always that little fear that something could happen to Tom Hanks, and he's one of our last remaining celebrities that we feel really confident. Hasn't like isn't a sexual predator. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty good dude. Yeah, like he seems like a genuine dude. And from well the, adjusted the, person. all of our inside sources on a uh, in celebrity land of LA, they they've reported back intel, and it turns out he's he's a good. He's a really genuine person. He doesn't, in fact, uh, eat babies. So he, <laughs> your kids are safe. You know, you heard it here, folks. Some people are saying. I'm not trying to do the voice. I didn't try. Don't count that as an attempt of me trying to do it. Hey, look, you have, <laughs> dude, comedy is all about the reps, baby. You just got to keep swinging. There was actually an amazing, it was one of the dailies uh, a couple weeks back mm-hmm. uh, uh, with an interview for, uh, interview on the, the daily New York Times podcast with Tom Hanks. And the person, I, th- I think they released it around the time about that news. And it was to be like a light story. To be like, hey, you know, now that Tom Hanks is back in the news with this, like, here's a moment of levity. This interview was just, she shared some clips of the interview, but it was really talking about the process of interacting with him and just mm-hmm. about how nice. And she was saying, she was like the first person, like, he showed up early, like, she wasn't feeling well. And, like, they met. I, it's been so long. I don't want to botch any facts, but you can just You tell, can botch, like, botch away, bro. This, just botch so, everything. So they brought out, just like, it was kind of like oysters. Like, there's ice <laughs> and these babies around, like, a full lemon. Okay. You just, you just dip the baby in. I'm actually allergic to oysters, so I don't know what people do. Oh man, shellfish! You shuck, bro. you shuck the babies. That's <gasps> ooh, and and it brings out the uh, the nutrients, right? Yeah, and because just, those babies they can get too salty. Yeah, bro. So it's very you have to slurp the babies down. Oh, it's really? You don't really want to chew the babies nah. when they're in their shell. Um, no, you got it. You got to tenderize them. <laughs> with a hammer it's, it's like a steak it's, it's like a, a steak <laughs> speaking of no, hammering do babies, babies so yeah. Drew, do you want to read the message yeah. because it's not it's not giving away too many details we'll count this as a a segment of real mail uh let me find it again okay so i there is a uh a lovely lady by the name of uh priscilla Tam, who has been asking me questions for uh, a few years now. Like, I'm looking back into my stories and stuff. She's been engaged since, like, 2017. November 19th was her first message to me. So it's been been two and a half years of of being in contact and just asking me questions. So here's another one that she threw my way um, on Instagram. So I'm starting to look for colleges uh, for musical education. 
because she's a junior, and her top choice is a five-year program at NYU that mm. she has to apply as a performance major. And she mm. frames it in a way that sh- it seems very daunting. So you can maybe assess that she's not sure if she's capable. Uh, <clears throat> do you have any tips on auditioning? Uh, trial lessons, pre-screening. Uh, I have all my rep picked out. Most of the notes are learned with the exception of a sonata. Uh, well, I'm going to stop right there. Learn your sonata. <laughs> Definitely do that. Uh, I also have a trial lesson on Wednesday with the violin professor for 30 minutes. That's good. Uh, for the trial lesson, what exactly should I pay attention to? Uh, and I, so what I, I think, let's take it in three parts. Uh, the first part is the music ed versus music performance thing. And the fact that she may be perceived to with this NYU program stretch herself uh and then we could that's part one part two is tips on audition auditioning and part three is the trial lesson so let's break it down part one uh do you have any thoughts on like music ed versus uh music performance yes uh 100 i actually started as a music education major really and yeah it didn't last long even though <laughs> but here's the thing a lot of people would get in and into music education and realize um and there's a lot of technicalities i don't really want to teach it's a hard it's a pretty hard schedule and for me actually i went into music ed and i left because i knew i wanted to teach i knew i wanted to teach outside of your primary k-12 through education Mm -hmm. i went in I, I enjoyed teaching at the college level i wanted to teach high level students and i wound up of course, jokes on me, not doing music education, doing music performance, and then doubling. Technically, composition is actually a music performance degree, but it's more a performance you give to your parents to be like, hey, will you help me pay to <laughs> pay money for college to learn how to write music? Uh, you have to be a great performer to convince anyone of that. But one of the things you get in there, like with music education, both are very specific, but music education it, it can it can get a rap of like a safety or a fallback mm-hmm. and while i will say it is safer who knows about the fallback or safety because again you're going to be sacrificing more time learning other things that you might not have need to deal with elsewise i will say it's safer it is a good idea but here's the thing if you know you you enjoyed your your orchestra or your band or your choral or your guitar class you enjoyed those classes in middle school, high school, or you had a terrible experience and you want to do better, that mm-hmm. is, that's really the only difference of what it's setting you up for <clears throat> with music education is the certification and the ability to teach in primary school. Mm-hmm. You do not need music education to teach in special programs, to mm-hmm. teach at private schools, to yeah. teach at college, to teach mm-hmm. your own studio. You don't necessarily need that. With performance, though you you lose the option of that. So that's why it is, uh, I, I say it's safer. I wouldn't say call it like a, a fallback or a crutch, but I knew that I wanted to put the time into my instrument, into composition, into other endeavors. I knew I did not want to teach middle school and high school band. Yeah, that's that's a that's a full-time job. And if you if you if there's a chance you want to do that, Figure out what percentage that is. If you're even on the fence, you can go in. And with music, often you can kind of switch around a little. But if you know for certain or feel strongly that you're just doing music education 
only as a safety for your performance career, do not do it. That is a waste of time. You'll be unhappy. Listen to this man. Listen to this man. Yeah. You don't want to, yeah, you don't want to waste your time getting a degree for safety. If you wanted to do that, go, get any other degree, the music education. It's too expensive. It's too expensive. It's expensive. It's hard. You will have less time and there's a good chance you'll learn less about music mm-hmm. than if you had gone and gotten a, a business degree. Like yeah. if you're, if you're thinking about fallbacks, yeah, do that. But I, I yeah. know the people who are succeeding in music education, a lot of them did get these music ed degrees, but mm-hmm. also they loved it. Often they loved their experience uh, and they could see themselves, you know, stepping into the shoes of their choral orchestra band director and mm-hmm. UNC Greensboro. It's, it was about half and half music ed and performance. So I was surrounded by music educators and by performance people. It's a thousand plus people in that building. And I, I think it was great to be around them, to learn from them. I just, I knew that because I didn't want that possibility, I eliminated it for myself. And it probably saved me a lot of time. And I still wound up teaching <laughs> actually all of those ages from single digit little yep. crazy kids, lots of middle schoolers, high schoolers, and college. It wound up not affecting me. The only thing it could do is limit that accreditation process, uh, which if if you're leaving a, a city, it, that becomes more valuable. In New York, uh, these other bigger places, you can teach full-time among all these programs like I did without ever needing that music ed degree or this like state certification. But if you're living anywhere else, I- any rural part of any country or even uh, mid-sized city, there's not going to be as many of these programs existing. So you might have to do this. And then every state, I think, has some type of year-long, two-year-long certification process if you don't have a degree. So... A lot to think about, but it really comes down to what you want and and to what degree that that's a possibility in your mind. What are what are your thoughts, Drew? I really don't have much to add because you really nailed everything. I think I do want to drive home the fact that what you want matters. It's the most important thing. So if you want to teach classrooms, then you have to do the education uh, route. Or you could be entrepreneurial. And and what I think Mm. is really important is to find your role model and figure out what they did. Okay, like what if you have an idea of something that already exists, look at what career that person has and then look at their biography, see if they have a memoir, read about their life, figure or interview them and figure out what were the steps they took to get from where they were to where they are. And then all, once they give you the roadmap, you just work backwards <laughs> and, and, and kind of you look at the people who have what you want and then you do. What I love they that did. phrase. Do what they do, you'll get what they get. I I, I really live by that. Um, <clears throat> do what they do, and you'll get what they get. It's it's everything to me. So what I definitely want to uh, kind of pivot towards, though, is the second part, which is the auditioning part. And I think based off of, I'm making a lot of assumptions about her. Uh, so I don't want to outstep my bounds but i think if she's reaching out to me uh in this capacity and we're giving her advice i do think she's coming from a place of not really Mm -hmm. understanding like what the performance audition practice life is like or or what that process is like so 
Um, my tips for auditioning uh, for a performance uh, program, I think it's all about the preparation. You win the audition <clears throat> in your bedroom. I, I, I think that is like really the kind of mindset. That's also your Tinder profile uh, description, right? Oh shit, Trevor, hold on. My, my <laughs> notifications are blowing up. Wait, what? All these hotties are light swiping right now? What happened? <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, so uh, back to the, the matter at hand. So when you're auditioning, it's about the preparation and the ways that I prepare and I recommend that everybody prepare are mock auditions. They're essential. Uh, recitals, they're essential. Any sort of setting where you have to perform your repertoire uh, and be nervous is key. So I think to have maybe five of these little sample performances before your first audition is ideal. Uh, five is an arbitrary number. It doesn't really matter. You can do way more. But I think that you really, at least for me, I really don't kind of understand how a piece is going to really go reliably until about the fifth performance. And I only learned that from touring so much. I only learned that from, you know, the boat. I, I remember just the fifth, the fifth concert with like new repertoire. I was like, Ugh. okay, I have, a, I have a sample size to where I can maybe feel when problems are arising and then I can steer the course uh, to a different direction to mitigate damage. Uh, damage can be like rushing. It can be like your tone cracking. It can be any diagnostic measure of your performance. So aside from that, that's pretty much the audition, the preparation. When it comes to pre-screening, set multiple days of recording. There you go. Uh, that's the key. So you don't have the so you don't have that like anxiety of like oh this is the only damn recording if it sucks it that's it right you can always just cancel the subsequent recording days and just knowing you have other chances makes all the difference that's that's a fantastic idea uh just piggybacking off of you we we we've, we've mm -hmm. talked about mock auditions and doing these other things off and on oh, for yeah. a while because of value how valuable they are like you you always need yes you need to prepare and practice in the bedroom in in the office just getting in the practice room and working on it but exactly what you said you also want to prepare how things might actually go you want to get as close as you can to the scenario getting uncomfortable because the anxiety uh, my, my teacher would talk about this a lot my bassoon uh, professor uh, he he would mention, he's like, there's different types of anxieties, quirks that will come out for you when you're performing an audition, when you're giving a recital, when you're, when you're, when you're taking an orchestral audition, when you're performing in an ensemble, when you're the soloist in an orchestra, when you're the soloist in front of the orchestra, like each of these, he'd mention it's like you needed mm -hmm. to pr practice each of those because they're different scenarios. Recording yeah, recording We've is... We've talked about that. It's Because I say that to people. It's very true because he mentioned <laughs> it. I didn't know what he was talking about. And so I went in, I'd feel very confident in ensemble auditions. And, you know, oh, maybe my hands are a little shaky. And then I'd go give a recital and it would be breathing problems. And then I'd go do an orchestral audition and it'd be it'd be like dry mouth or, or sweaty fingers. Like there's, mm -hmm. there's something different yeah. and mm -hmm. it would be different for each one and it'd be a different type of anxiety that would come in there. So what you want to do is, of course, repetition, repetition, repetition. Think of athletes. They're doing this all the time. It's the sand trap metaphor. 
how many times is a professional golfer in a sand trap on any given weekend? Maybe three or four times? Maybe. But what do they do? When they're practicing, they'll drop in 2,000 balls. I keep increasing the number every time I tell this story. They drop in... Yeah, they and this dude gets buffer who two thousand balls bringing him in, and they just and then he's just Jack because he's just he's out there six hours with a sledgehammer. <laughs> he's just like these buff golfers, exactly. but Thank you. but they they practice that. Yes, <laughs> they practice that shot, that sand trap shot, that shot from the woods. These tr- odd trick shots, needing to hit with the other hand. Uh, they practice it a lot so that even when when that moment arises, when that adversity comes in. They're not taken by surprise. These golfers are never surprised. Basketball, they are they are never surprised by any scenario. They practice game winners. They practice half courts. They practice foul shots. They practice flopping. Uh, they do all these types of things to be prepared for when that moment arises. So think, you know, we can take from these athletes. They have very specific training regimen. If you're going mm-hmm. to be taking an audition, take, in air quotes, lots of auditions. If you're going to be recording... I love what uh, what you just said. Do set multiple days. I didn't even think about this. It's it's safety. It's a it's it's safety mechanism. You will be nervous, and I notice this all the time when I'm doing film things and I need to record something quickly. It's like I can nail it. I can nail it. I can nail it. Press record. Uh oh, I'm nervous. Uh oh, I gotta restart. I restart. I re- gotta uh uh. But the, uh, 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 and it's a disaster. Uh, you don't want to only have three hours reserved. Even How about this? If it's a money problem too, or a time or equipment, <clears throat> even having uh, lesser means, instead of renting out a studio, recording studio, renting out a specific call, if the choice comes down between like a worse space, lower quality recording devices, even though you can get something good on a phone these days, choose choose more time, more flexibility, and more comfort over fancier gear and space because we can all we can still all kind of tell <laughs> if you're doing well if you're sounding well uh if you're recording sounds fine if you as a performer are good regardless of your equipment and if you're not comfortable and you're worried okay i've got two hours i've got to nail this this tape mm-hmm. it's not gonna go well also i used to a lot of people used to think that you know for pre-screening you have to people would pay people's studio time to go make an audition tape. And I'm like, yeah, you could do that, but <laughs> it doesn't... Dude, I got into Juilliard past the pre-screening with, like, an old digital camera with sh- no microphone, shitty quality. They're up on YouTube. Go find them. The quality is not close to the sort of stuff that I'm capable of now. And even to this day, I don't past auditions like i i haven't i haven't gotten past any pre-screenings i haven't gotten past any orchestral like rounds and i can say that when you when i juxtapose my experience of successful auditions and unsuccessful auditions there are a few key different differentiating features one of one of the most salient differentiating features is is it the only thing that matters to me at that moment right in a lot of ways, when I had the successful auditions like Juilliard or whatever audition I've ever won, it was honestly moments where I cut everything non-essential out of my life. Um, 
And that becomes increasingly difficult when you have more responsibilities as an adult. So that's one thing to consider. So if you're for for uh, Priscilla's case, I think that you know she seems like she's in, a young person in a position to sacrifice not that much, except boredom probably, and <laughs> you know maybe some some social uh, obligations. So I, I think that's part of it. So it's it's the it's being able to prioritize it. Number two is, am I ready to do it? two months before the actual time I actually have to do it. Because to piggyback off one of the previous Mm -hmm. advices I gave, which was to perform it for other people at least five times. Well, if you want to perform it in front of other people and not be embarrassed, it has to be ready to perform in front of other people. That's the reason. You, You want to be performing it two months before you actually have to do it. Because if I go back to Honestly, my most proud moment, my most proud audition was getting into the master's program of Juilliard. That was my best audition I'd ever taken in my entire life. And it was because I combined, I had a recital two months before it. I had had three other auditions before Juilliard. It was my fourth audition, that cycle. It was my last audition. I was I was completely familiar and I with all of the things that could go wrong that almost went wrong but didn't go wrong because it's like to your point Trevor how in sports you prepare for the eventualities it's not that they're they're unlikely scenarios yes but the likelihood isn't zero so you have to be prepared for it is your bow like just as simple things did you rosin your bow before you went in did did you did you like did you make sure that you kind of stretched it stretched did you do the right warm ups right it's just you have to have that diagnostic and so the more you do it the more you're going to start adding things to your routine the better you're going to get at it that's why Trevor said audition more too this is not applicable for someone like Priscilla necessarily because it's expensive to audition in a lot of places but this is advice that you would take carrying yourself for while you're in school, take that local college, I mean, it's that local symphony audition while you're in school. Take all these other auditions because that is the training. That's part of the training. I, I, I that is, that's fantastic. So we hope you're all yeah. listening. <laughs> this is performance life. This is, Priscilla, yeah. this is performance life. This is what I'm talking about because we're not talking about education. We're talking about being able to perform under duress. And I want to speak throw this to you i want to transition to the third and final part uh my brother just texted me sorry uh trial lesson what do you do Mm. uh in terms of the trial lesson what is your did you have any trial lessons when you so i got very i i had a trial lesson my i mean of course my story is a little different in that i was very very bad at bassoon before going to college for but no i i learned from a book i didn't and i was very lazy in high school because i went to high school in the middle of nowhere hometown and i was very lazy uh you know i was kind of coasting on it's like oh i'm smart and you know woohoo i crushed uh you know whatever 42nd in the nation education um You know, whatever uh, North Carolina is currently ranked, yeah. you know, yeah, whatever it's, you know, whatever it's currently <laughs> ranked, you know, yeah, I crushed that like bottom percentile primary education. <laughs> uh, 
I did, I did like my school, but I was very I was very lazy. I didn't practice. I didn't do anything. I was just yeah. fortunate in that I could pick up instruments quickly and you know mm-hmm. f- figure things out very quickly. And so I coasted. I I didn't re- have a teacher up until maybe junior senior year, and it was for guitar. I thought I was going to be a classical guitarist, <laughs> and I was going to actually take hey. auditions on other instruments elsewhere. Oh. But mm-hmm. bassoon was my worst instrument. I couldn't figure it out. I was very bad at it, and it was just I was doing all these things wrong. So I show up to a trial lesson with my teacher. Marching band's over. I didn't play bassoon during marching band. No one does unless you're in Texas. And so I hadn't I hadn't touched this instrument. I was not good at anyways. And then of course I didn't practice to prepare. So I show up for this lesson, etude number one, the Weissenborn, which is kind of the staple bassoon etude book. I could not play the first etude. It was bad. <laughs> and I walk in, and he's just a delightful teacher, just a real a real pedagogue. And mm-hmm. I, th- I think he saw me as a science experiment. So it was three uh-huh. weeks before the audition. <laughs> three weeks before the audition. Oh, it gets, it gets, it gets wilder. Uh- <laughs> it's three weeks before the audition. And I, I'm going to go do this trial. I can't play A2 number one. I'm in there bobbing, and he's just looking at me, like fascinated that a sound is coming out of the instrument. And we had a great conversation. So here's the thing. I, I forgot about this uh, until you brought it up. I canceled my audition. Word. I canceled it because I was, I was going to be terrible. And so, I think like I made up some Minnesota. excuse, but I thought more about it, and I was very fortunate. So I got a call <laughs> yeah. uh, from him. They have this Carolina Band Festival. It's kind of like an yeah. all-state, but it, it's separate. It was held just specifically at um, UNC Greensboro, and it's kind of hard to get into. You send in an audition mm-hmm. tape, and I played an audition tape, I'm pretty sure actually on tape, as in cassette, and it was awful. I played something twice as fast because I never listened to it. I was that dumb. And I send this thing in there and he calls me. He's like, hey, we have a spot in like the lower band, the younger kids band, like the ninth <laughs> and 10th graders. He's, and, and you know why they had that spot? Was it because of my astounding playing? No, it's because it was North Carolina and they needed like five bassoons for this program. And I was probably the fifth person who submitted. <laughs> and he had, and I had just taken a lesson with him, and he's like, "Hey, come in." And while you're here, why don't you just audition? So I auditioned privately for him and the saxophone professor. Oh, I played wow. the same things, but it wasn't even the real standard audition. Yeah. I had canceled mine like a little weenie. But here's the thing: it actually reminds They're me like, a lot. All of right, man, guess you can play. Come through. He <laughs> he, he did the same. The same. I didn't take a traditional audition. He just sent, you know signed off yeah. the papers and. He just needs people in a studio. But I think yeah. what he wanted, what he realized was that I, I go in and before my audition, I take another lesson. So it's mock, mock lesson number two. And we're having great conversations. He just, I think he realized that, hey, he's not a total idiot. He just doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he's, he, he knew I had no model uh, for success. Mm. I didn't know any successful mm-hmm. musicians. I didn't know about the lessons. We didn't know the traditional, the things you need to do that now with mm-hmm. our, at the time we're not obvious, now are very obvious. Uh, but he realized like, oh, like this is someone I can teach. And this is someone I wanted, I wouldn't mind working with for the next four years. So he says, come in, 
you're going to want to, you know, to get in, you should do music education uh, mm. for the degree. And so he takes me in. He takes me in. So I had to get for UNC Greensboro, I had to do a loophole and he lets me in there. And the, the takeaway from this with the trial lesson is it's an opportunity for them to figure out more about you. It's less about it's it's less about your playing. They want to know: Is this person worth spending the next five years with? Could they make it? Not yes. not if they yes. can now. Why? Yes, you need to prove something. And you know, the more prestigious the school, the more there's a entry level, there's a floor you have to meet. But beyond that, who do who would you want? You know, you want to be the person in that room uh, who they'd want to spend the next five years with. And that doesn't mean lie. Like you can enhance yourself like any interview, uh, be more energetic, be more curious, but also make sure you're being you because if you're going in there and you're fronting all these things that you're not going to be, you're, you're, you might not be going to the right place. If you're, if you're not open to getting your butt kicked, don't go to the kick butt teacher. Find the more supportive Factual statement. Factual uh, statement. Find someone, you're, you know, you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. Find out if you're going to fit. God, dude, I recorded every lesson that I had with Heidi and Sinyan. I regret that I didn't do that. I think that's so I smart did. of you. Bro, and I'm like now thinking about it, and I'm like, I don't think I have them backed up. I think they're still on the same thing, same Zoom, uh, <laughs> the, 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 uh, the, uh, SD card? Is that the that, one like, we used? We recorded the NAS. Yeah, yeah no, I think NAS. I have I think it all. On the I think I dragged card. the whole folder because I didn't know. Uh, so I'm going to listen back and we'll listen to all the guys. <laughs> hey, look. Yeah, and you'll hear you'll hear me like be really bad at viola. <laughs> and then the being, the being like, yo, bro, can you stop being so bad at viola? And I'll be like, okay. And that'll be less bad at viola. So, uh, it's a journey. <laughs> Guys, recording is so... It was trickier back then. It's huge. Now with phones, yeah. voice memos. It's so easy. My biggest regret was not recording. I mean, I have many other... We had ones, iPhones. But we had iPhones, yeah. though. But we uh, never thought about yeah, it. When did we get... When did iPhone happen? I, I, I got an iPhone 2016, so second year of Juilliard. Okay. Like, I think I had one so. maybe at the end of undergrad, but I... I don't know. I, I don't know why I didn't, but it's a huge regret yeah. because I know people who took more detailed notes of certain things and who just simply recorded it, and it's great. They have that forever. Yeah. And now whenever yeah. I forget a word or a phrase or, hey, what, I have to message them. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'd be like, wait, what was that mm-hmm. thing he said about the hanging voices in four species? And now I got to go to them because they did the right thing of understanding that you were only there for a moment and that you cannot... Mm-hmm. Here's here's the biggest takeaway for for music school. Well, there's a there's a couple, but one of the one of the biggest mm-hmm. is that you are only there for a finite amount of time. It's all you can afford. Yeah. It's all you should be there yeah. for. Yeah. You you're going to hear tons of things, but you will internalize almost none of them. No, almost none of it. Yeah. Which means yeah. you you will you will want to cycle back to these things. Phrases the teacher said. They're telling you it now because they want you to be able to teach yourself later. That's how you become a lifelong learner. That's how you become a mm-hmm. professional musician. Mm-hmm. Music school, while it gets dumped on because it can't, it can't be everything for everyone, it can't teach everything yeah. that is no. required for 
a career in music. It can barely teach any of it that's required for a yeah. successful <laughs> music career. And that's not really the school's fault. It's They're giving you, hopefully you can establish tools and and be able to record, document, and learn the methods of how to learn so that yeah. when you leave, that's what research you're papers good to go. are for. That's what the research papers are for. They don't care. For, yeah. They don't care about Ben Chua, uh, Michaud's blah, blah, blah in the whatever century. Yeah. Already forgot it. It doesn't matter. All they care is like, <sighs> does this person know how to research something? That is the key thing. It's really less about the con content, it's about putting content into action. Well, it's it's like higher education teaching you how to be in higher education. And I think it's like if you have a con convincing idea about music that could revolutionize the whole zeitgeist, you would want to be able to at least deliver upon it and, and deliver evidence to your ideas. Uh, like let's just say if we wanted to start making some educational content on YouTube, like you and me, as a wing of this, or if we, or if you wanted to do your own solo project, or if you listening out there wanted to do uh, an educational thing about Brahms, you would want to read multiple sources of Brahms to get your information and be able to cite it appropriately, because then people will take your information with uh, less frivolity, mm -hmm. frivolity, frivolity. I think that's really? the word. I, I love both of those. It sounds delicious. Uh, frivolous it's 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 of that of that nature but i think it's the adverb form of it anyway english aside i think i don't yeah read. you want to be able to convey your ideas clearly yeah what's reading siri's always telling me how to spell anyway i forgot how to spell half these words <laughs> i got grammarly <laughs> and then i just used my judgment on that <laughs> dude grammarly scares me dude because I've, I've been thinking about it what if that uh no okay so no, 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 no. let's come back to that i want to <laughs> i want to finish this idea i i can't put on the tinfoil hat yet okay so priscilla i just wanted to put a cherry on top of the trial lesson uh idea and finish it with agreeing with trevor that yes it is about the teacher wanting to kind of see what it's going to be like to work with you for a long for a long period of time like they want to get a window and i'm telling you it's crucial but i think the crucial part is getting in the door and you've already done that so i think you don't need to really worry uh it's hard to get trial lessons because you have to know people who get in contact with the teacher or can help you get in contact with the teacher and trust me these big teachers every audition cycle probably have hundreds of emails rolling in asking for trial lessons so it, especially if you're talking about a juilliard or a new england conservatory like mm -hmm. peep it's it but it's one of those like trade secrets that people don't really talk about but when i say them out loud i'm like oh yeah there's not like a book written about it there's not really like a, a handbook so if you want to go into music school here are the steps no it's like you kind of have to stumble upon podcasts or stumble upon, you know, people who are in the industry to even understand that this is a customary thing that really does help you get to know your prospective teachers better. 
It's crazy. I, 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 lo I love it. Even going off of that, whenever someone reaches out, thanks to your YouTube video or my super secret <laughs> hidden behind a paywall service, um, whenever they reach out, one of the things I tell them is like, well, you've actually done one of the earlier steps. That's correct. By, by the, the fact and the action of just reaching out to someone who's either yeah. done it, is in the field, who's older, a mentor, a teacher, or who's mm -hmm. currently at the school, the fact that you're taking that step, very few people do that. And mm -hmm. I know because I was one of them who didn't really take a lot of steps or action or put much thought into my college experience. Only until I got there and had a great teacher did I realize like, hey, I'm behind. I cannot coast anymore. I need to put an effort. And then I hit turbo mode of, yeah. of finding mentors, reading resumes, figuring out who did what where, reading bios, learning, learning, learning. Mm -hmm. Because I, I needed to to survive. I was not going to make it if I didn't. Uh, fix my <laughs> fix some of my ways, but the, yeah, the action of going through this process means you're already in a good spot. You're reaching out to people who are doing it. You're talking to the teachers. If you think about it, you know, would you would you buy a car without ever test driving it? Maybe if it's a mm. cheap clunker and you need something, mm. but you are about to spend a Ferrari or a high end Tesla, you would want to drive mm. it. You'd want to pick out the color. You'd want to customize it. You'd want to really keep uh, a track of it. And even more valuable than your money, of which this is probably going to take a lot of it, or your parents' money, uh, th thank them, or your future self, which is actually probably <laughs> the hardest. You're about to spend years. You're about to invest time, your most valuable resource. So you want to make sure this is right. So... Mm -hmm. Everyone should be reaching out. I'm surprised I don't receive more messages from more people who are just curious about it or That's after talking hard, back to have, man. I mean, it, it, yeah, I can, I totally understand why. Cause I don't reach out mm. when I'm thinking about things, but this is, this is Maybe a big decision. It's not the most yeah. important thing, but it's a very big decision. And so you want to find out more information. If you are listening to this podcast, you've taken an action. I wasn't listening to music podcast i also wasn't listening to podcasts no. but back then uh, <laughs> but if you're watching youtube videos just the even stumbling upon uh, who we are means you've got some interest and so yeah. you know kudos to you for doing it it's step one yeah. reaching out uh and then and then putting the things we say and what others say into action is the next phase and if you do that you're gonna do much better than us <laughs> so thank you for asking the question priscilla can i just say one thing yes trevor do you ever find it weird? And it's a question for you. I find it very weird that people reach out to me for advice now on any topic mm. because I still feel I still feel so connected to that version of me that was in college that had their teachers kind of look at me and be like, you know, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if, like, you do something <laughs> with this music thing because, like, there's really nothing that remarkable about your playing and feeling that way. Yeah. Uh, I, even going I, to Juilliard, it's just like, I feel like a systematic fuck up for so many years of my life, as I'm sure maybe judging from your stories, you felt that way too. But look at us. We're okay. <laughs> Looking at your life. And I mean, that's <laughs> like, very clearly. Okay, I mean, like, wow. You know, fuck up. Uh, no, no. I 100% I yeah. agree. And 
Yeah, man. It is, it is such an odd thing, too. I think we there's also the... There's this weird thing about going to a Juilliard or poking into the the elites, the upper echelon of music, mm-hmm. uh, the career musicians, symphony musicians, mm-hmm. professors, colleges, mm-hmm. uh, your top whatever, 10, 20 universities. Mm-hmm. The closer you get to the sun, the more you notice the heat. Um, mm-hmm. I just made that up. I don't know if that metaphor works. but. I, can you explain more? Because what what's the heat like? You more I think you notice the, like the pressure, like the pressure, and you become oh. you become you. For me, it's weird. I was fairly, I wouldn't say competitive or or jealous or aware. Being at growing up in North Carolina, where I went, I didn't know what it was like close to the top, and there was as far as applying pressure on myself to like, oh, I need to be great. I need to be better. Or like, I'm, I'm nothing. It's kind of like the the better I got my career, the less I felt better about it. Going to a Juilliard was hard because it, it's this weird thing to where you're meeting the people who are winning the awards. They were no longer an abstract thing in my mind. I was studying with these people. I was studying with these people in history. I was seeing... Uh, colleagues, friends getting these awards. And it's like, wait, they're my age. I'm among them. I'm in this group now. Why am I not doing these things? And I think it mm-hmm. that not set me back, but it, it actually made it harder to some degree being closer to the top because I don't know, it just it felt like there was more pressure because it, it suddenly became uh, up close and personal mm-hmm. and became more real. It wasn't like, oh, I, I don't get these things. That's okay. And you know, I'm down in North Carolina. Like, no, I'm just in the middle of New York. Uh, you know, a stone's throw or a, a sub sandwich from Indy's throw away from the Lincoln Center. Mm-hmm. And we know, we know people now in major orchestras. We know people now winning major commissions doing these incredible yeah, things. Yeah, They're friends. Yeah, they're, they're friends. friends and they're doing well. They're and we drag yeah. them on here occasionally. Mm-hmm. But it, it I, I say it got, it did get difficult. It didn't feel easier the better things come. And I don't know if it's, there's, there's elements of imposter syndrome, but even still, yeah, I don't feel it. accomplished. Yeah. It's I feel deep down like guilty reaching out to my old teachers uh, because there are people my year getting MacArthur Genius yeah. Grants, uh, winning yeah. major commissions, going on. They're the yeah. face of everything. And what am I going to, you know, what am I going to tell them? And when they, I have a podcast. That's what I said. Like, I was, oh, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so, uh, Matt, he, he's just got his, his LA opera commission. He's doing really well. He yeah, translated yeah, yeah. a lot of operas in other languages. He just got a MacArthur mm-hmm. Genius Grant and yeah. he donated it to charity. That's really great. You know, he's, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, I got my MacArthur Genius podcast. <laughs> I got, I got a pod bod. <laughs> <laughs> I got a pod bod and, and a couple of, couple of beautiful listeners, by the way. Like, thank you so we much for you. like listening and, being engaged and like telling us you like the podcast, like it, it, I, I don't want to get too sappy, but it really makes it tickles me because we put a lot into this. Like, we put a lot of thought into this off the scenes. We do have like meetings and we do have conversations. We do, and yeah, we, even though you can't hear it, we do put in effort yeah, into this, yeah. this pod sometimes. <laughs> and actually, we're going to be coming up. Uh, we're getting close to a year, and instead of like having a big yeah. celebration, yeah. Uh, we're gonna have to stay states apart. 
Dude, I, I know, and it's so crazy that we're gonna have, we won't be able to celebrate in person, but when we do, we're going to get lit again, is, and we should definitely pod the experience. But what, what, I want to, what I want to also say is, like, this is taking a bigger part of my life now, and I'm, and I'm enjoying it, right? Like, I, I chose not to audition in Minnesota because I wanted to spend more time th- having brain space for this, having, having life space. Uh, and it ha- it's been a very long time since I felt that way about anything other than my own social media that I wanted to really grow and cultivate. Um, and it's a real testament to you, Trev, and it's a real testament to the listeners and uh, even my students and people who come in my DMs and, and they ask for questions and then they, they say, oh, I didn't even know you had a podcast. I'm bumping it now. Like, We, we, we love it. And it's fun. And of it. course, I mean, I love talking to you. Why else would we do this? Uh, yeah, while, you know, it, it, we, we did it after years of thinking about it, even trying it in mm-hmm. 2017. Mm-hmm. I'll drop that episode someday. Lord knows oh what the audio is like. Dude, we should just drop excerpts. Was How long was it? I don't even know. It was, was long. Episode? But the problem is, is I didn't, I'm actually using the mic I had now, but I didn't know how to record. <laughs> and we had the two wrong, we had like two like mics that are great for rooms. <laughs> so you got to hear a lot of that New York apartment. But I'm oh, definitely yeah, gonna man. we're gonna drop that sometime as a special I love that. special release. I love but that. the yeah, it, we should we, do we've a reaction. A react. Oh my god, we should do a reaction. That'd be so cute. A reaction video to our a reaction to our first. Like, pop. what on earth did we talk about three years ago? Because we weren't even that that close then. Yeah, we barely, no, and we in the grand <laughs> scheme of things barely met. And we just had this idea, like, hey, wouldn't it be fun if we just you know talked? <laughs> Was it Nathan? Was it Nathan? Who put us together? It was like yo, he, I I mean, like, I want to do podcasts one day. He's like, oh yeah, I think like Trevor. I have said no idea. Like I don't know who put us together. I have no it's idea so who would have who would have started this if if it was Nathan, John, other Nathan. It could have been John. It could have been John. Even it could have been any of our friends. somehow. Yeah. But I remember we met in like yeah. a coffee shop. Closer to the Lower uh-huh. East Side. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then yeah. had a meeting there. It's bougie yeah. coffee shop. And we're like, we're going to oh, do yeah, this. Nice. And sure enough, uh, 3,000 miles away, we started. Almost. Yeah. Well, actually, we started probably recording a year we ago like a and then didn't release it until a couple weeks later. I could yeah. check the dates. We might have actually started that. I mean, obviously, the the Taking Notes podcast with uh, Matt Bell and Chris Hendricks, those were recorded in advance. <laughs> but uh, we, we, might ha- we might be hitting official... Recorded faking notes podcast anniversary. Oh man, our faking fam anniversary. Oh, we'll have to well, think of. I think we've some. already passed it. If it was February, if with the Matt Bell, yeah, Matt we Bell blew was past that. But yeah, we blew past that. Even dude. when it was just us and we had an idea. <laughs> mm, I, I can't wait till we're like, we're like full, not fully gray, but like significantly gray. We'll be like, you remember when we used to talk about like auditions, auditions <laughs> and our wieners, you know, and school and doobies. You know, <laughs> you know, I like talking about my uh, my third McMansion. Yeah, the McMansion. The, well, yeah. it's all that pod money. That's really what what made the oh, difference. But oh, oh, yeah, it, it. You know, Put we don't have to edge. talk anymore else about this. But uh, thank you all for listening, and thanks yeah. for for tuning in. We we do have a, a great time, and we want you to check in. Finding things like this, you know, find something like this for you. It doesn't have to be a pod. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, could be gardening. Look at look if you're listening to this, and you somehow aren't following Drew already. Like, you know, go back in the archive, see what he was doing in it. As far as learning from the model, oh, yeah. 
The problem is, is we're still really young. And so who knows what we've done now that sets us up for 10 years from now, other than being 10 years into a podcast. Uh, Bro, it's crazy. I have friends of mine who are dear to me, who are sending me some of their first, like, you know, acapella style videos. Oh yeah, like, where they where they arrange it, and they're like, "Hey, yeah, dude, I'm starting to get into editing and stuff." I was like, "I, I was, I think it's cute that they're sending it to me because <laughs> I was doing the same thing to my friends in like 2000." 15 and none of I'm sure none of them cared either so yeah. it's it's so funny <laughs> you know it's full circle that's, but now people are like that's oh, how that, do you do it it's hard that's so funny Mad respect bro no, and I'm sure like I don't care either that's like that Dave Chappelle joke where he's talking about yeah. understanding the mm-hmm. yeah like the, cr- uh, the crack the, ep- epidemic mm-hmm, he's like and I finally mm-hmm. understood I don't give a damn either. I don't care I don't care either I don't care either <laughs> No, but it's what it is. Is like I get it now. It's it's when you really are passionate about it, when you want to build something too. Now that everybody's in quarantine, this is not mm-hmm. the time for you to expect people to pay attention to you. Like we started this podcast, and not many people paid attention at first. Mm-hmm. Even with my big following, like that's not how things work. People only pay attention when you're passionate, when you're convicted, you're consistent, and you're getting better at doing the thing over the over time and even on that's that's also a big one we've we've talked about this mm-hmm. before you you can't ex, you should do it but you just can't mm-hmm. expect those results and it's not always a reflection of the quality or how you do it but no. it's building something and mm-hmm. talking about learning from models so before we even started this what did we do mm-hmm. we did research we looked at numbers and what we found out with all these podcasts is all of them have been around the successful ones all of them have just existed almost all of them have existed for a very long time or yeah. or or and or are also sponsored by something like the New York Times and mm-hmm. have whenever he he reads the credits and like 25 people were involved in that episode and that's how they yeah. roll out this daily and this quality content mm-hmm. and even still I think it's now like the number two or three most listened to podcast and it takes something like the New York Times and a huge team to go through and craft these things. Oh, yeah. But, you know, your, your Joe Rogans, your Serials, all these others, they've, they've existed for a long time. So they figured mm-hmm. out the model. And when they started it, they were, no one 10 years ago thought podcasting would be what it is now. How we can nope. reach multi, multiple times larger audiences than any radio mm-hmm. show, than any, mm-hmm. any live TV show. On demand, baby. And, and it comes in, it's in your ears. You're not even paying for it. And it's free. No no one predicted that. None of them predicted that. And look at these Pod Save America, the Pod Save, Crooked Media. They have multiple shows. They raise millions of dollars for any cause. They bring it up. They have a ton of listens. Uh, they're in the top whatever. They are now a news media entertainment company. And just an example of them because... They're only four or five years old. They're not that old at what they've done. And they're able to launch all this and all survive off this and eat off of their podcast life. That is what they do. But uh, yeah, man, you're, you're totally right. Uh, it's, it's, I, my train of thought is gone. Now. Yeah. So the mic, Sorry. the mic cut out. And <laughs> I'm actually just going to crop that. I'm just, anytime I say anything, I'm just going to insert like, yeah, man, you're totally right. Just like after everything. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to get at some time. I want to get back into adding more. I like our free form conversation, but just 
you know, adding a little bit more enhancements, but <laughs> Oh, I no, <laughs> I, I just love say that. like the most insane thing, like we should just like murder a busload of kittens and Drew be like yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds I, I, right. I can deep. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I have yeah, so I'm, much I'm, I'm on board for that. We can be deep. We could deep fake ourselves easily. Oh, we could deep fake so much. So many agreeable things. <laughs> it's like, what if we? What if we bought all the salmon and then ate it all at once? Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah, yeah I mean, just to piggyback what off what Drew said, that was just we should just totally eat all that salmon. We should totally eat all this. <laughs> Nah. Hey, but I could totally eat. Totally, yeah, we could totally you eat, eat that, that cow. And then that bat, that pig. <laughs> no way, bro. No way, bro. Now we can totally do it. <laughs> Hi, Bill Clinton. Okay, fan, say what you will about Family Guy. There were some really beautiful bits yeah. in, over, the, over its lifetime. I mean, that's probably the really best description shit. of Family Guy. It's just beautiful bits. Just beautiful bits. Great, iconic yeah. moments. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a meme. It was, it was so memeable before memes had really hit, had really hit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, during the tick, so 2010 to 2014, like, memes really weren't, like, there wasn't, like, a huge um, uptick on platforms until, like, you saw, like, I'm thinking about Tickled. Do you ever do you remember Tickled? I do, but I yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Now it's really it was coming exclusively back to me. for memes. There's just no it was exclusively e. It's for like memes. Tickle without the e, and then it's the d, right? Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm, yeah. Oh mm-hmm, my god, the mm-hmm. early meme days. Those, early. That's like early first generation meme platform. My one of my before. favorite thing. Some of the yeah. most memorable things is watching like early funny. So like pre 2010 YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like 2007, Amazing. When videos had no storyline, it was just random things because making videos was so ubiquitous <laughs> at any at any point. <laughs> and there were so you know? many um Yeah, it was really creative time. It was kind of a creative wild wild west because not everyone was producing yeah. the videos because not everyone had the phone capabilities to do it yet. And who yeah. would have thought, particularly older people, and by older people, I mean even people in their 20s, who would have thought then that, like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, you should get a job. Like, what are you doing, like, making stupid stuff on the online? And now it's a whole career. It's a, And there's no money in yeah. it, right? And you're a 27-year-old girl who just it's fun. beauty vlogs. Right? Yeah, and, and like, look at, look at them now. Like, no one would laugh now. Like, their parents who are openly okay with people doing esports who are openly okay with their kids and families uh, dragging their families into doing vlogs and stuff. 10 years ago, mm-hmm. even oh more than 10 years God. ago, that was, you You were you were outcast. Like think what you were just referencing earlier, mm-hmm. Drew, when you were doing mm-hmm. acapella videos, sending, cropping up videos of you playing playing with mm-hmm. yourself, the, the legal ones. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's just, yeah. <laughs> Drew, did you really need four windows for this? Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I needed eight actually. My bad. <laughs> uh, mm, yeah, but uh, think about it. Like you would have been looked at. You you were like looked at in a weird way. Yeah, like your, I'm sure your friends nerd, just did yeah. not get it. Like why no, why why, why on yeah. earth are you putting in hours into Instagram? Like it's frivolous. Yeah. You should be practicing auditioning. And like look at yeah. you now. You're you have a podcast. Look at me yeah. now. 
I'm only yeah, I have podcasts and I and I'm own I'm pretty broke. But I have a I have a huge number on an op- online platform that doesn't always really mean anything because it is a consistently insatiable algorithm that wants you to give it content or else it'll punish you. We let's for being let's at least uh, segue into this. So one of the things What's um, up? so now that Drew and I are in actual quarantine, we're, we're states apart, we actually send each other Netflix links and recommendations. Yeah. And so Hell a big yeah. a big one, of course, Tiger King. Let's let's maybe give let's give everyone else because that's unforgettable. So you're you're caught up. Oh, now. I finished you're caught it. Up now. I finished it. Oh, you're finished. So it. I okay. I finished Tiger King, Hit me. and you know it's just a beautiful mm. work of art. And maybe we'll talk more about that later. Let's give everyone else a little more chance. To, to yeah. Listen to okay. It. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So yeah. right after that, I had to come down from Tiger King, and two things I, I kind of watched that I sent to you. One was there's a Netflix documentary or series called Abstract. And it, each each one features an artist. And what's been fascinating about that is one how how good Netflix is at editing videos, and two I know. They're, they're incredible at setting up these box level. Yeah, it's it's just incredible. But like it's it's these mm-hmm. I don't know if they're hour but forty plus minute episodes, and each falls an artist mm-hmm. in a different type of field. And so you have someone from the MIT Media Lab who does like eco engineering art, and then you have performance art, and you have per- someone who teaches at RISD, she uh, teaches like how to make toys, like kind of like the art of play. And there's all these really interesting people. Well, the Mm -hmm. one that I want to say is like the most interesting episode, but stuck out for me and you to talk about was the Instagram episode. And Mm -hmm. the moment I, I wouldn't, I, the moment I sent to you or I wanted to send it to you was not just because of you being on Instagram. And this is the guy who did the product design for the Instagram overhaul that was panned and is now praised. The the new mm-hmm. icon for Instagram. This is the the head mm-hmm. of the design. He came in and did I was that. on that commercial. Yeah, by he the way. Set up did that you know lo- that? Wait, 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 what? When they announced the new icon, they took they asked me to submit a video uh, or they asked if they could use some of the videos that I've been posting on Instagram. Are you kidding me? In that commercial, I was one of the featured creators. Bitch, in there. I'm gonna go back. That stuff blows my mind. This guy developed yeah, it, bro. And so we're going through, and it's fascinating yeah. to hear him talk about colors and design yeah. and it's aesthetics. Beautiful. And so he also did like the the current layout, like what we imagine an Instagram mm-hmm. profile or your experience on mm-hmm. Instagram, cleaning it up, UX. colors. Just you know, a lot goes into this thought of how to mm. have a beautiful user UX and UI user experience. User seamless, interview. seamless and too. And credits to him. And it was mm-hmm. panned at the time. He was messing with the big brand, but it went from just a couple, you know, million users or maybe 10, 200, 250 10 or two, million Yeah, it was monthly. a couple, yeah, like 100 million yeah. to billion. And Over a good, billion. Good credit to, to this guy. But one of the things he goes through, and mm-hmm. that was the moment, it's like 2 a.m. or whatever. And I'm like, Drew, here's the link. Uh, because <laughs> about 30 or 40 minutes in, he's he's talking about his past, growing up, you know, where he kind of is influenced. Mm. And he starts talking about, uh, is it Mark Maron? Yes, the Mark the Maron Mark podcast talks about comedians. He, it, it cuts yeah. to him, and there's two or three minutes of talking him talking about stand-up comedy and how mm-hmm. a lot of his methods and process for processes for developing ideas and product ideas he got from stand-up comedy. Stand-up comedy. And I was like, the reps. I was like, oh, this is too yeah. much. The Instagram guy is learning, learning 
pod, podcast, a comedy podcast. Oh, okay, like this is going to Drew. Mind blowing. Yeah, bro. I mean, dude, I think we're of the we're of similar perspectives. I've, I was like, oh, this is like I would love to have coffee with this dude and just talk because like he's very educated in the realm of marketing, and I'm more touchy feely, intuitive. <laughs> about it but uh yeah dude I, I everything he was saying i like really agreed with i was like of course yeah of course yeah yeah yeah, yeah. wow okay that's how they did that okay yeah i loved that they did that oh they made that change oh they put the story so you could just stop you could just tap on a person's picture and then it's a you could see their story without having to go all the way to their profile like it's the small things we take for granted about how to navigate Instagram and navigate through people's stories. It is so easy. I've been on Instagram for a long time. It didn't used to be this easy. Mm -hmm. It didn't used to be that easy. Like they, every little tiny detail, uh, I'm starting to understand why it's successful. It's so brilliantly aesthetic. A it's great. After everyone finishes Tiger King, uh, check out Abstract. There's two mm -hmm. seasons and yeah. why it stands out to me. And I just kind season of- Season two, episode five. I was, I was obsessed with it. I think season two, mm -hmm. episode three or four episode with the child five. play episode is great. Five. Oh, sorry. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, I, like some of these other ones, they're all really mm -hmm. fascinating and mind-blowing to some degree. It's just beautifully done. But to hear these artists talk about art and the process and how they've gone about their lives. And it does delve into their personal lives, some of the tougher things when they were homeless. And it's but it's not done with like a struggle or struggle porn or torture porn. It's 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 to give an honest assessment of what they've gone through and where they've made mistakes. But the thing I loved about it is both sides of the coin and in relating it to what we do. Some of the phrases they say are things we directly think about in music and others are different framings of the same process. They're, we're all coming at, at this world of art and creativity just from different angles for different purposes and with different objectives. But a lot of the guiding principles are the same. So to hear these different artists talk about it, they, they might, sometimes they'll say things and it's like, oh, I, I directly, I think about it exactly this way. And then other times they'll, they'll give a little metaphor. It'll be a cute little image uh, Netflix draws up for them, but they, they might phrase things in a different light. And some of them are just so poetic. So, um, uh, ingenious, intuitive, you just, just watch it. It was kind of inspirational just to see other people really talk about their art. And I've, out of the episodes I've seen, I've already gotten a lot out of it. I started just taking notes. Mm. I was like, oh. I was like, hold on. I got to, I had to, I paused it and I was like, I'm going to start, I got to take notes because some of the phrases, I was like, I want to use that when I'm teaching. Mm. I want to think about mm. this when I'm doing music. It's almost mm. like, circling back, it's like having those recorded lessons again. Mm. They, these phrases that the teacher, the mentor can pass down, mm. it's the little things. Mm. And I regret not having my teachers around or these recordings of these lessons, but this is at least a kind of temporary substitute. These are greats talking to you about what they do and you can pull from them uh, in, mm -hmm. in however it best suits you. Mm -hmm. Damn. You know what? It's so funny how when you... I think we're at the first stage in our lives where we're starting to see the lesson, the initial lessons that we learn in life coming back around for the second time, mm -hmm. but in a different way. I think that 
you know, you know how St- uh, George Lucas says that each of the Star Wars trilogies rhyme, hmm. right? Uh, and 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 the same themes are supposed to echo throughout the whole, right? And say what you will, that's very contentious and controversial. <laughs> but uh, I'm using that as a template because I think life is kind of like that too. Like you initially learn some of these lessons with your family, then you learn them again in school, and then you start learning them again in life. For maybe uh, you didn't understand it the first time through. It's just your family. Second time in school, you learn it. But then life gives it to you in many different angles and many different perspectives. So I think that recognizing as you are and as I am, as we study different things other than music, we see the parallels. We see that the things that make people successful in other realms, passion, you know, communication, storytelling, those can be exhibited in music too and too much to our our not our benefit you know and the audience's benefit so i think that even comes from i don't know who but another well-known quote something along those lines like history doesn't repeat itself but it rhymes or mm. history you know it's not a cycle but it's 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 a this or a that uh and it's it's very true in that things just continually come it's back a motorcycle. in history it's a motorcycle it's very dangerous and fast um, <laughs> but but boy do you have a good time while it lasts oh hell yeah uh, baby but it, it sticks for stories you know we're all dealing with the same stories there's a great mm-hmm. uh everyone like look up kurt vonnegut gives a whole talk about it where he kind of graphs out stories and he's like cinderella here it is. And he's just drawing lines. It's just a little exercise. But he's showing, he's like, okay, here's your typical storylines. Or, you know, starts with nothing, rises to the top, has everything, loses it, returns to where they were before. Like, And simple little graphs I use. It's great for music, too. Uh, a lot of composers think in these terms, story writers. And th- th- I think one of the reasons why we get that way is that because our life works that way, or at least it appears to us that while we while we are in some big grander trajectory towards something, things just continue back. Our days are in cycles. The sun is in cycles. We have the water cycle, the rock cycle, motorcycle. We got it all. Like everything does kind of loop back and it'll be different each time because you have a different experience. You've, you're coming at it from a different angle. You're just a little older. The sun rose in a different way. But no matter what, the the benefit of thinking about things like that in term is it can help you escape in a good way parts of the the, the bad parts of the present moment. I think that mm. kind of comes in towards what a lot of people talk about in meditation or Buddhism or just general mindfulness is to mm. to just look at at your moments, your lows and your highs. And it's kind of like, to bring it to music terms, slap a compressor and a, a limiter on that sucker. Like, oh, hell yeah. Yeah, you're, <laughs> yeah bro. Yeah, bro, bro, you want to meditate and limit some cut, cut it, Cut it down to negative 12 oh, dBs. Oh my God, increase the ratio in your life. But w- when you have high moments, understand they're high moments. Step back, observe the breath. Observe your moments. Mm. Be aware and know that no matter what it will come down and that that's okay and when you're in your low moment moments it's okay it will come up you will this recover is a from low it moment. Hmm? this is a low moment for a lot of <laughs> for everybody oh for for most i think this is a low moment 
And I think it's a really big lesson, like Newton's third law. Uh, I, you, you see it everywhere. It's like that Chinese saying that I've said, that paraphrased. It's like once you see the thing in one thing, you see it in all things. Like when you have a really, really, really bad situation, if you go by Newton's third law, you're going to have a really, 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 really good situation somewhere down in the future and vice versa and vice versa, vice versa. All of these these quotes, I mean, there's a reason they exist. It's because they, they've stood the test of time. We're still thinking about mm. them. And mm. to tie it back in towards one of the big topics at hand, for any music life audition prep, everything we just said there and, and, and when we're thinking about for our music life, one of the other big revealing factors of like, hey, going to college to learn how to learn, doing this thing to learn how to learn, mm. going through the process, doing, you know, preparing for for you know something's going to go wrong so prepare for as many uh eventualities or problems as you can and so that when it arises you're calm and in the moment all of this can be directly to, applied to any aspect of your life no matter what it is whether it's relationships friends conversations uh music drawing things that you might not think of brushing your teeth whatever it is Mm -hmm. if you just step back be aware of the process and think about what can I do you can improve at anything you can be more aware mm -hmm. of anything and mm -hmm. you you don't have to to get out of that cycle mentality though you don't have to be stuck with who you are now you you won't be but you you can actually improve I think that's one thing that I get down on myself now and probably it's it's hard for us to really you know ever have a true understanding of who we are because we, we don't even really get to see each other it's an illusion yeah. we have to look in a mirror we have to have people tell us what we do and we need awards and other things there's all these other factors that really even let us know who we are and you know you can just go watch and eat pray love or some other movie to to, to figure figure other things out but i think getting the working towards perception but then knowing what to do with it uh, can be helpful. Mm -hmm. So I think for us, it's just, we're just early in on the steps. Yeah, no, we're figuring it out. Yeah. We're faking notes. That's, that's, that's what we're here. That's what we're here for, baby. But we want We want to really like make sure that we share this process because mm -hmm. I think that, you know, a lot of times, a lot of people, every stage of my life, I always thought there was like this hard line between, okay, I'm just starting viola. Oh, there's a hard line when I'll be really good like some of these kids with private teachers and then everybody will love me and I'll be a part of the in-group. Mm -hmm. I never felt that hard line. It kind of just kind of blended into it. And then I left Georgia and then I moved, I, I moved to New York and I was just the Southern kid in New York that nobody really respected and thought was kind of weird because he like put videos on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, people still to this day, they will say, like, you know, first I ever heard about, like, Isabel. Isabel, yeah. she was like, I I didn't even, I had known about you before I ever met you. That's weird, Isn't okay? Wild? But it's so wild. But there was no hard line when that happened either. And there was no hard line between me moving to L.A. and then being on the Grammys with Ariana Grande and her on the same night. There's no line. It it it, it gives and it, it pushes and pulls. Just like the so colors think, of the yeah. Instagram app 
They all just blend together. Oh, so beautiful. <laughs> so beautiful. You remember how much hate, how much we hated that too? I, I love, so what, what Netflix did in that talk. episode too is they flashed yeah. up all the articles because uh, it yeah. was an overhaul. Was it 2016 or something? Or yeah. Did that where they? Oh no, it was 2014. Okay. When they started changing because I was at Juilliard. Wow. When they changed it, everyone yeah, freaked man. out. And then yeah. there's all these articles like two or three years later, like it's time we recognize that they made a great decision. <laughs> and it, and and minute long videos too, because even back in 2014, you could only do 15 second videos. Mm-hmm. Who'd have thought? But ju- you know, our podcast—it's you know. just a bunch of cycles too. We circle back, talk about sorry. the same things, but we do it in different ways, yeah. in hopes that it sticks for you and for us. So, man, yeah, and I'm I'm very I'm very thankful. I wanted to just say one thing because you said, uh, like you are ever changing, and sometimes we don't think that, most people don't think that. That's the crazy part, right? But I've always known from elementary school. I think I, I learned that I could always change. And you know what actually blew my mind? I guess I just realized most people don't think they can change. So here's what blew my mind for me as a, as an eight-year-old, I think. I think I remember I was in gym class and my PE teacher, Miss, Miss Keel, well, we were in our squad and those are those little, we would line up in groups of five and there's like six or seven of those groups. And I would, I wanted to be the squad leader. Like that's, you're the first one in the, in the first in the line. <laughs> like think the, the things that kids yeah, really yeah. care oh, about. Yeah. Right. But I was proud. I was squad leader. And I remember she was, uh, she was like squad C and I was like, yes. And sir, she's yes, like, sir. yeah, <laughs> she says something like, did you know? that your bones change as you get older. When you grow every 10 years, over time, your body's remaking itself from the bottom up. And every 10 years, you have a new set of bones that didn't exist 10 years ago. And when that, apparently, when you're, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a doctor, but your bones, when they repair themselves and they they replenish themselves uh, through the marrow, every 10 years, uh, you have a new set of bones, essentially, a new skeleton. And so I was like, if my body changes me every 10 years, maybe I'm able to change my habits. Maybe I'm able to change my personality. Maybe there are things about me that I can improve. And so if you didn't know that, your body's already changing anyway. I like, did not know you can that. Change your habits. I did you not, didn't know that. No, I wouldn't say I ever actively thought. Bro, I think I'm still on an yeah. awareness stage of understanding that almost everything about wow. I could change if I wanted to. You really can. Yeah. Reward bundling. I mean, that, that's it. That's it. It's like if I want to change every aspect about my life, as long as I get a cookie at the end. <laughs> Do I get to Bro, use the or, iPad? <laughs> so I said, okay, I'll only do, I'll only get on Instagram if I'm talking to cuties. <laughs> reward bundling. That's it, folks. <laughs> reward bundling. Or, you know, you only get to eat junk food if you cook it yourself. That's good. I mean, so you yeah, removing temptations, <laughs> all these little strategies, but apply things yeah. to those guys. We're still, I mean, obviously, yeah. we're still figuring it out. But what's, what's at least nice is I think we're in that weird stage. Uh, of the step one, just like with other people reaching out, it's it's just the awareness, and you got to be a, aware of the issue, or at least of what, what if we could give them a challenge. Done. So now we we go, 
we get to go. Do you want to give people a challenge, bro? Let's do it. To, uh, something to, to write in about and to and to to re- respond. All right, it's challenge mode. What engaged. is something? Yes, challenge mode. Okay, so let's. What's one task that you should be doing more of? Right, that's what I'm asking to the faking fam. Okay, identify that. Write it down. And then associate something that you love to do, something that is a guilty pleasure of yours, that whenever you do it, you feel like, ah, I should be more productive. Why don't you do that thing with the thing you know you should be doing, either in tandem or give yourself the reward afterwards? And even more, right? so the specific, the prompt for the the audio yeah. slash write in, yeah. which you can What's send to faking notes podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Reach out mm-hmm. on any of our platforms and we'll just let you know how to do it. But what is one yeah. thing you can improve? And we'll do this too. What is one thing you can improve or want or know mm-hmm. you need to be doing? And then write mm-hmm. down 10 ways to go about it. The examples mm-hmm. could be reward bundling. Like, what's something you like mm-hmm. that you could reward yourself with it? Another example is, I don't. I don't know what to call it. Temptation removal. Like reduce the chance that you will not do it. Well, I just want to know the bundle. Yeah. Let's just do the bundle. What's the bundle? bundle? Yeah, Yeah. let's do the bundle. Here's an example of something that I've started doing and something my mom trained me to do. I got one too. Keep going. Whenever I cook, I don't eat until I've cleaned up everything in the kitchen. I do the same exact thing. It was not like that in my family. I did that after living in New York with five roommates. (laughs) And didn't want to be blamed for dirty dishes. Facts. So I could never be blamed. Whenever there was dirty dishes in the sink, I'd be like, don't even include me on that text chain because you know it's not me. When have I ever left? That's a great example. Wasn't another example of something that I've recently started doing is, okay, so Final Fantasy VII Remake just came out. (laughs) And so I've been doing nothing but watching Let's Plays of it. Oh my God, Trevor. This... This game is giving me so much happiness in life. I can't, I cannot understate how long I've waited for this moment and how I never thought it would ever happen and it's already it's here. It's okay? here. That's and it came and it comes at a time when like people can do something <sighs> about it. <laughs> so I I, I don't want to I can't justify spending the money on it right now. Uh, because of the situation. So I'm watching Let's Plays, but you rest assured it's likely I'll buy a PlayStation only for this. I okay? bet a lot so of people. Well, plus, the- with Switches being like sold out for forever, uh, a bunch of people, this is the PlayStation. I already pool. have a Switch. Yeah. the PlayStation. So pool. put me, and look, I'll, I'll like put put it on wax. Okay, put it on wax. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what, I, what I do want to say is what I'm starting to do is because it is a problem and it's a procrastinate, I've done nothing but do this for the past 16 hours. Mm-hmm. I'm at least doing push-ups and doing some squats and I'm doing some kettlebell exercises. I'm going to go for a run and I'm going to watch it when I start walking. <laughs> I love it. Like it, do re- bundle it. I with only things that you need to I be only done. used my the iPad when I was in the gym. That was one thing for me, nice. it, or, or only for non work purposes. And okay. So if I'm on like a treadmill doing something with yeah. cardio that I can like sit there and look at it, like that's when I'd pull yeah. it out and like then it was Hell play yeah. time. And so just you know, guys, these small examples like this. So just write us in, um, guys and gals, and what you gonna do? Just, just write us what in you whatever you do? want. 
what you want and what you what you're thinking about and it can be mm. anything it doesn't have to be music related but we we do we want to mm. hear from y'all we we love y'all yeah and we've we loved love doing it. this and yeah. yeah let's let's we're trying to wanna, open wanna, open a dialogue it's kind of hard because you have to just listen to us because we're in your ears but we want to we want to hear your voice we want you in our ears <laughs> yeah, and it's okay, and and we're not going. We we ain't gonna beg. We're just gonna ask every single time until you do it. <laughs> so uh, it, it ain't no thing. All right, guys, this has been no great. Thing. So we're gonna yeah. go ahead and let it's you get great, back yeah. to your uh, daily scheduled yeah, program. I'm gonna go of, for a run of doing nothing. So, <laughs> all right, let's. Yeah, man, I miss I miss you, I Trevor. Miss you, man, I miss I you. miss I miss you, fake and fam. I hope you're doing well. Hope you're safe. Uh, social distancing. Put on a scarf when you go outside. Even if you don't have a face mask, uh, you're saving it for the medical workers. Put on a scarf. I've been doing it. Uh, if you can find some gloves, put on some gloves. Uh, even if it's 80 degrees outside, just put on some gloves. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, hey, okay. We love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>